Well, on behalf of Debbie and the rest of the family, thank you so much for being here today. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Pastor Dan. I'm the lead pastor here at LifeSpring Foursquare. And I'm telling you, I just knew that there were going to be a lot of people here today. And look around. Look around. This is such a wonderful example of who Alan Kuykendall is. He has loved us so well. Can I get an amen? Amen. I want you to know that Debbie and I, we've talked a few times since Alan's passing, and she's just so thankful and grateful for the way that you've reached out, the way you've shown your love, you've shown your support, your care, your concern. She's thankful for every prayer. I would encourage you, keep on praying. Can we endure in our prayers for this amazing family? All of it, all of it means the world to this family. By the way, with all the emotions of today, and it is a mixed bag of emotions, I want to make this very clear right at the beginning of today, that this is a celebration. It's a celebration. We're going to celebrate. I say this often, but sometimes you've got to learn how to have joy with tears in your eyes. But we're going to celebrate Alan's life. We're going to celebrate. By the way, that means there might be drums today. And there's a good chance they're going to be loud. <laughs> we're going to sing. We're going to laugh. I heard we even, well, there they are, the three, I mean, the four stooges. Yeah, there he is. He made it in there. Yeah, take a look. He's the classic photo bomb right there. But that's because that's who Alan is. Alan is worthy of a celebration. So thank you for being here. Would you bow your heads and let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for the life of Alan Kuykendall today. I was reminded again this week of your scripture, the power of your word that says anyone who believes in your son has life, that you came to this earth to give us life and to have life more abundantly, life to the full. And we know that the moment we say yes to you, Jesus, from that moment on, we have a life that nothing and no one, not even death itself, can steal away from us. And Lord, though there's a lot of emotion today, and we're really going to miss our brother, we're thankful that Alan has that life, that everlasting life today. And we celebrate him today. Lord, even as we begin this service, would you bring comfort to Debbie, bring comfort to Alan's wonderful kids and grandkids and the rest of the family. God, you are the God of all comfort. Be more than a fantasy or a fairy tale. Be the living God who brings comfort to your people. We love you, God. We celebrate you and your wonderful son, Alan Kuykendall, today. All God's people say, amen. Thank you all for being here today. Uh, my little talk today will be exactly one paragraph shorter because Pastor Dan just took it right, right away from me there. So, uh, so we are here to celebrate. And, and I thought as I wrote down that word celebrate, I thought that may sound like a strange word to some people, to, to celebrate in the midst of loss. But we as family, we do gather to celebrate uh, because we celebrate today a life well lived. 
we celebrate today because we know that Alan is with his father in heaven. We celebrate because we know that Alan is sitting at the feet of Jesus. We celebrate today because we know that there's no more pain, there's no more sorrow, there's no more tears, there's no more anxiety, doubt. Alan is at peace. And we celebrate the very real fact that we who have hope in Christ will see Alan again. And I hope that we all have that very real hope in Christ. And if you don't, today's a great day to get it. Alan Corday Kuykendall was born in 1954 in Whittier, California, to Harold and artist Kuykendall. He passed away on June 11th at his home, surrounded by his family. He is survived by his siblings, Aline, Mary, and Aaron. He had two nephews and one niece. Alan attended North Eugene High School and Lane Community College. Alan took great pride in a job well done. And that started very early for him, and that reputation followed him. He started working alongside his dad when he was just a young boy. He also did auto body work, fabrication, maintenance. But the greater majority of his life, he worked as a union lead foreman, painting mostly commercial buildings and my house in the greater Seattle area. Got a great deal on that one, by the way. Alan was married in 1985 and has four children, Stephanie, Shannon, Stacy, now married to Larry, and Clinton, married to Vanessa. To his children, Alan is Papa. And I think it was to say there, greatest Papa? Greatest Papa ever, yep, there you go. Alan has 11 grandchildren and four great-grandsons. As a husband, father, and grandfather, he is described as patient, kind, generous, hardworking, and having a great sense of humor. He was a tender and strong man. Alan loved being with his family. He loved being with his home. He loved being with his church family. In short, Alan loved being with you. Alan was also passionate about many things. He's been on worship teams for 32 years, 20 of them right here at Life Spring, playing his drums. Woodworking was where he found his peace. He loved fixing anything broken, except plumbing, but anything else. Alan loved eating pho with Jesse. He loved Chinese food, science fiction, especially old reruns of The Twilight Zone. He was a collector of many things, anything musical, any kind of tool, knives. The list is endless. Alan loved all kinds of music, stargazing, his dog, all animals, the Seahawks, the ocean, and the Three Stooges. Who doesn't? In the words of Alan Kuykendall, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> everybody under 50 just went, what? In the early morning hours, you would find Alan reading his Bible, spending time with Jesus. In short, Alan loved life. 
And I have to tell you, though, I met with Debbie this week, and she told me this, and I know it's so very true. Never has Alan been more alive than he is right now. I first met Alan 20 years ago. And I can tell you that 20 years goes by in the blink of an eye. And when, when Alan passed, I realized how short life is. Alan had a, a quiet way about him, kind of, uh, the, kind of the way he walked through life, like, like, like he didn't have a care in the world. I mean, I, I know he did, but he kind of strolled through life. I think it would be fair to say that I liked Alan from the very start. And as soon as I met him, I felt like I'd known him my whole life. Alan was the kind of guy that would give you the shirt off his back. And that's no small feat, because if you watch any of the pictures of Alan, you'll find out he only owned about two shirts. <laughs> it's true. Walmart has very good quality sweatshirts. I remember Alan in moments, snapshot moments, those kind of moments where you, you remember everything, where you knew exactly where you were, where you knew exactly where you were standing, where you knew exactly what everybody said word for word. And my very first snapshot moment of him was when, was when Pastor Chad asked Alan to build these big speaker boxes for our church down at Fife Community Center. And Alan did in his garage, these big, huge speaker boxes. And they were beautiful, and they were black, and they had wheels on them. And the very first Sunday that, that he finished them, we brought them off the trailer, and we brought them in, and I was pushing the first one in with him. And we came in through those doors of that community center, and those boxes fit. I'm telling you, there wasn't a hair on either side of those boxes as they came through those doors. And I said, Alan, that's perfect. That just came in perfectly. And he looked around to make sure nobody else was there, and he goes, I forgot to even measure the doors. <laughs> I loved his honesty and his transparency. I loved Alan's sense of humor. Yeah, a lot of his jokes were 100% politically incorrect, but also 100% hilarious. We've got one. I wish I could share him with you, but I can't. We've got one. I'll give you the punchline. One, the punchline to one is 2.30. Yeah. And it was said in only the way Alan can say it. And I'm telling you, to this day, whenever my wife and I have an appointment at 2.30 or whenever I say to her, she says to me what time it is and it's 2.30, I don't even say 2.30. I just start the joke. I said, what time does? And she knows exactly what we're talking about. It's 2.30. See me later. But it wasn't only his jokes. Alan could weave a story together like nobody else. And one story be branched off into another story, and that story branched off into another story. Sometimes so many branches you forgot what the original story was. And I just remember watching him the first time he told me a story, and I just started laughing, and he had a straight face, and I'm thinking, does he know how funny he is? And I started crying. I had to leave. He just kept branching off into another story. And he was absolutely hilarious. 
And that may sound like you had to be there, one of those you had to be there moments, but I'm telling you, if you know Alan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Alan was one of the reasons I stayed at LifeSpring in the early years. Because, you know, these LifeSpring people are so friendly, they were getting a little too close to me. I was trying to, like, push them off a little bit, like, you're getting to know me too well, and I don't want you to get to know me that well. But, but I was doing something one day by myself that I shouldn't have been doing by myself, and Alan got wind of it, and he came over and helped me. And after he helped me do it, he pulled me aside, and he said, the next time you need help, you call me. And I said, yeah, 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 like, like just trying to, like, brush him off. And he said, no. He said, Pete, we're brothers. And he meant it. He helped me so many times throughout my life. So many times. And he even taught me how to do stuff, which meant it took him twice as long. <laughs> Let me call the worship team back up because I want to close with this. Here's what I'm going to miss about Alan. I'm going to miss Alan on the drums every Sunday. I'm going to miss talking with Alan in his garage. I'm going to miss seeing Alan with his children and his grandchildren. I'm going to miss Alan at every Edgewood, Fife, Milton, Puyallup garage sale. Usually holding something I wanted because he got there first. I'm going to miss him at Thanksgiving, and I'm going to miss him at Christmas. But mostly, I'm just going to miss my friend. I'm going to miss my brother. There's a part of me today that does rejoice, knowing where Alan is and knowing that he's at peace knowing that he's happy. But still, this world seems a little bit empty without him, doesn't it? So I'm going to stand on this. I'm going to stand on the hope in Christ that I'm going to see him again. And I hope you will stand on that too. So today, let's laugh, let's cry, let's remember, but mostly let's love each other. Let's be with each other. Let's support each other. Because that's what Alan would have wanted.
worship team, Alan would be so proud of each of you. Will Ross, just bless you, brother. Uh, Alan would just be so happy with that. Praise the Lord. Thank you guys so much. You may be seated. Though I'm a good uh, Pentecostal, I feel like that was just the beginning of a good six or at least seven song set. So, um, but we did want to take some time. Again, uh, I'm just so thankful that you're all here. And, and it's a tough day to be here. I was just talking to a family member that, right, we get it, right? You, you kind of say, well, it's good to see you. But then the minute you say that, that part of your heart that says, but I don't want to see you, not because of this reason, right? Because we still want, in many ways, our flesh says, I still want Alan to be here. And by the way, that's okay in our flesh to say those things. Because we understand at that spiritual level, we trust in a good God and we trust in the faithfulness of God. But there's that part of you it's, that's confused, that, that still wants your brother to be here. But I am thankful that today has brought together so many different faces. Over the last, like you said, this church is celebrating our 20-year birthday tomorrow. And to see so many faces here together, I, I thank you for being here. Again, look at what Alan has done. Alan is truly the life of the party. He has brought so many different people from all over the state, by the way. He has brought us together. Uh, we want to give you a chance to uh, maybe share some stories about our friend Alan. And open mic can be a dangerous time. Um, so, uh, and, and if you've ever been to a funeral and you laugh, that's because you know behind that comment. Uh, you know you've been there. But we do want to have an opportunity to have uh, some people share. Uh, the reality is we're streaming this online, so we want to have it on the mic. And I think we have a mic shortage here. So I'm just going to steal one here. And if I could get uh, one or two of the pastors to be my Vanna White, that would be great. So don't all jump up at once. Uh, there, thank you, Pastor Wayne. Thank you, Pete. And um, again, if you could, uh, just stand wherever you are. We'll bring a mic to you. And then if you can, use the mic, because again, we have people online that are uh, a part of this as well. But please share uh, some stories here uh, about our brother. Raise your hand, maybe. That, that would be a good way to go. That's great.
Well, thank you both. Thank you both for being here all the way from Sacramento. It means a lot to us, and to hear your stories, just thank you so much. Um, praise the Lord, and I love what you said as well. Amen. Pastor Wayne, do you have something? Okay. So um, whenever there's a project that required building something, Alan was always like there, and I love to build things, and so I'd say, okay, let's do this. And so I'd go over to his garage, and we'd build whatever. The Harvest Festival, we did a few things. I know he did a bunch of stuff for the church, but whenever I'd go over there, it's just it's a special memory that I have of just cutting and drilling and nailing and painting, and, and he was just always so kind and so just watchful of me, make sure I didn't do anything dangerous, but also just saying, you can do it, you can do it, and he'd pull out the right tool, because, you know, he had all the tools there, and if he didn't, well, he'd find it pretty soon, I'm sure, but I just, it's a special memory I have of just working beside him in his garage, building things, just in ministry to, to, to do outreach. Raise your hand if you've ever been helped by Alan, with, right? Come on, look at that, amazing. Somebody else, two more. And then, uh, Pete, we have someone in the very back as well. So I'm Jeline, um, and we started a church in 2004, right before we got married. And Debbie and Alan and a couple other people kind of like grabbed us and we didn't leave. It was just like we came to visit and that was it. We stayed. And about, I don't know, six months later, my oldest brother passed away. His name was Alan. He played the drums. Alan stepped into that role just naturally and became my big brother. And then there wasn't a day that when I didn't see him, he was like, hey, sis, how's it going? So it's probably a special uh, memory of him just like stepping in and he was there. He also kind of became my smoking buddy, which is probably not the best thing, but we would, same thing, we'd, be, I'd, we'd go up to the Kaikanals and we'd be out there shooting the breeze, you know, doing what we shouldn't have been doing. But he just became such a part. They just became such a part of our family. And as we went through our adoption of children and stuff, Alan noticed a talent in my six-year-old, now six-year-old daughter. When she was playing the drums when she was like two and a half, he's like, oh my gosh, she's got so much talent. So we are proud owners of a drum set that she refurbished for us. And just this morning, our three-year-old was banging on it. We're like, oh, my gosh. So Alan was going to be the person to give us our lessons at our home. And so I'm going to have to find somebody else. But, you know, I have this memory. We have this memory right there in our living room. So every time the girls pick up their sticks and start drumming, I think of Alan. He's just, like, amazing drumming skills. And uh, we're going to miss him. But, you know, he's up there with his drum set in heaven, probably teaching a million kids how to play the drums. So, and worshiping like crazy. But he will be missed. But what a wonderful, good-hearted man. So we love him. I think in the very back. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. I am, some of you might know me. I'm Jesse. Have you ever cried in a mask? It's very nasty. I didn't mean to put that image in your face. But the last two and a half years, um, Alan and I have been doing lunch almost weekly, and it was an unlikely friendship in many ways, but we just connected, and we'd spend time at Starbucks, a lot of time uh, at 
restaurants, having Chinese, having spicy stuff. He really loves spicy stuff. But I enjoyed his friendship, like Marcy mentioned. I also spent a bunch of time in his workshop and at his home and with Debbie and their family. And it's been really such a blessing getting to know Alan over for me just the last two and a half years. And uh, I miss him dearly. And I know many of you do. And even as we're here today, you know, I was reminded of when the Shunammite woman's son had died in 2 Kings 4. And she was heading to the prophet Elisha. She was asked, how is it with you? To which she replied, as she traveled in faith, experiencing grief, she said, it is well. And I hope that you would be able to say that today. Because the Lord still comforts and he still heals, especially in the midst of our storm. Alan is dearly missed and I love him much. And I'm sure many of you can testify to that as well. Over here. Hello, my name is Monica Wilmot. I met, well, I didn't meet them. They met me, Debbie and Alan, in the fall of 1998. God brought them to me. I considered Debbie and Alan my, my best friends. They have always been open, kind, generous. I remember this. I'm gonna make it short. I'm sorry. But we, Debbie and Debbie and I went to the hospital to pick him up, and he sat in the couch. And I told him, I am so sorry. I gave him a kiss on the forehead, and he said, "Me too, kiddo. Me too." They are not just our friends, but they're our family. I have gotten to know you know Clinton is now is my brother-in-law but Stacy Shannon the girls I love him I miss him and I love you Debbie and thank you for everything that you've done we're gonna watch a slideshow here in just a second but if, if there was one more um, I wanted to leave room for that, yeah, go ahead, and then uh, we'll watch the slideshow. Um, I feel like there's a thousand stories I could share, and I, I don't want to take your time in private moments. Um, I had all the fun stories too. Uh, Alan built for me, he painted for me, he did all those things. Um, but the private quiet moments in his drum room, at his house, the private quiet moments across the counter in his garage, um, on bar stools, where we talked about our weaknesses as men and our failures as men, and God's great strength. And uh, later on, we're going to sing a song that I believe is Alan's testimony. I really do, and I'm proud to sing it for him. But having shared those private moments make the real parts of Alan, and those real authentic moments, those were authentic too, but um, even sweeter. So here's just one. We have these wooden yard deer that were heirlooms passed down that Cindy's father made for our family. And they're the same yard deer you probably see every Christmas in everybody's yard, little plywood guard, you know. And they were getting rotten, and we didn't want to lose them. And our boys had a penchant when they were younger. They'd sneak out into the yard at night, and they would set the deer so that they were doing something inappropriate, and we'd find that in the morning. 
And so I told Alan, I said, you know, I, I really don't want to part with these deer. They're, they're, they're not even, we can't even use them this year. Could you make us some new ones so Cindy and I can remember the gift that her father passed on? I'd also like to pay you to make a couple more so we could pass down the gift to our kids now that they're married and they have kids. And I told him the story about the boys mounting the deer. And um, so he sent me a picture a week later, and the deer, the first set he made, were anatomically correct. Let's just put it that way. Um, so I, I told him that's a great joke, but let's just keep that between you and I. And so when I picked them up, they were just fine. So, boys, I want you to know we were this close. We were this close to your yard not being appropriate for your neighbors. Um, I just want to say this. Alan taught me what it means to be authentic in your faith, real and weak in the beauty of being all human and all a man of faith all at the same time. He absolutely, and I say this not allegorically, not metaphorically, he changed my life. And I'll never be the same. Forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine. 
is forever, forever worship you. I can only
Kuykendall. Alan Kuykendall. I, I just got to say this. I'm really happy. I don't know when this was, but at some point he transitioned from the 49ers hoodie to the Seahawks hoodie. So, God, thank you for that miracle. <laughs> I know many of us are here as family members. Several of us are here as friends. But let's be honest, all of us kind of feel like we are a part of Alan's family. I love the way you put it, Gaylene. Uh, anybody else here feel like Alan was your brother? Praise the Lord. I, I, I've heard that actually from a few people. There's a lot of reasons you feel like Alan is your brother. Like any good brother, he'd make fun of you. Uh, he'd have that little, I think you said, glint in his eye. Um, I'd call it a smirk on his mouth. He'd love to give you a bad time. And then you got to decide whether you were offended or amused. <laughs> Other times he'd get angry with you. Anybody ever have Alan get angry with you before? <laughs> right? Come on, there was happy Alan, but then there was grumpy Alan, and grumpy Alan was very grumpy. But see, that's how you knew that Alan was family, because only a family member really lets you know how they're doing. And one of the reasons, again, it's so hard for many of us is we all feel like we've lost a member of the family. In many ways, we have. So for the past decade, I've had the privilege and the unique honor of being Alan's pastor. I don't take that lightly. As Alan's pastor, that means I had the privilege, again, of walking with Alan through life, and I would say through the mess of life, because life is messy sometimes. There were a lot of instances when Alan just needed to talk, and he would talk to me or with one of the other pastors, Pastor Wayne, Pastor Chad, Pastor Jesse, and he, he just needed to... Uh, get something off his chest. And I was always willing, or just very thankful for his willingness to reach out in that way. There was a lot of things he needed to talk about, relationship issues, health issues, victories, defeats. But I tell you what, the more I got to know Alan, the more that we talked over the years, the more I just fell in love with the guy. I fell in love with him because I could see, and, and many of you would agree, I could just see at the depths of who he was that he tried so hard to do this thing that we call life right. Did you see the passion that Alan had to do it right? He wanted, at the core of who he was, he wanted to live life well. A lot of times he just needed to vent. He, he would have this pent-up emotion about something. Again, if you know Alan, you know what I'm talking about. Just so It would get under his skin and, and it would just build and it would build kind of like a volcano and he just needed to get it off his chest. But again, I, I always left those meetings with love and respect for Alan. Because he wanted to do right. And he wanted to do right in this way. He wanted to always love God. But he also wanted to love people. He wanted to love you. Even people who had done him wrong. Even things where people had mistreated him in one way or another. His heart, his passion was to love them. Uh, even in the last few years, the amazing thing, Alan, he didn't want to hold on to any bitterness. Anyone hear Alan tell you that? He's just like, I don't want to be bitter. I, I don't want to be grumpy. I don't want to have ill will towards anyone. He wanted to show us love. I know I've experienced that love. I, I actually went through some of the texts that I've received over the years from Alan. Now, I will say it is a little challenging to read some of them. This might not be true, but I feel like Alan really got into the voice-to-text feature on the phone. Did anyone, right? <laughs> Which can be positive, but I'm telling you, half the time I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying, Alan. <laughs> Try again. 
But I deciphered some. And listen, just to, this is just to me, and I, I know you could share similar stories. But he, he said this, Dan, again, this is through the years. He goes, Dan, just thinking about you this morning. Dan, stand firm. Dan, don't give up any ground. Praise the Lord. Dan, I'm praying for you. Dan, I love you. Have a great day. Dan, may the Lord bless you. Dan, God bless you. Dan, God bless you. Dan, God bless you. Dan, have a great day. Dan, thank you for being in my life. Dan, I love you. Dan, you're a blessing from God. Church, it just goes on and on and on. Alan loved me. Alan loved you. I want to encourage you with the love that Alan showed you. Could we pay it forward? There's no reason it has to stop. Let the way that he loved you compel you and affect you in the way that you love others. Alan was also so giving. I, I had you raise your hand earlier if he's helped you in any way, but that's just the way Alan is. I, I, the last text that I have from Alan is he was wanting to help us out because we had tried to put up a pegboard up on our wall, and, and you know, we're pastors, and so we did it wrong. <laughs> and we, we, we let Alan come in, and Al, I mean, that thing is sturdy. That thing is secure. Alan helped us out, put it up on the wall. Marcy, I love what you said. He was always helping us around the church. He was putting up stage designs. He was building uh, stage displays. He was just stopping by all the time in that gray truck. I loved when his gray truck came by. You knew it was going to be a good day. Alan was always generous, not just with his time, but with materials, with equipment. And I would also say this, not just to the church, but also he was so generous with his time and equipment to me personally. I just know that he saw my ineptitude as a man. Uh, I mean, I'm trying, but I can't build a thing, and I, I, I just don't even know. You, Phillips, the other one, whatever it's called, I, but it's just not in my DNA. And, and so I became, in many ways, one of Alan's personal projects, and I'm thankful he took pity on his pastor. So my electric sander is from Alan. Uh, our kitchen cabinets are pretty much from Alan. We, we had this idea, and Alan came in and helped my wife and I figure out uh, how to do that. Uh, in my family, it's, it's really all over our house, but in my family, we make Christmas presents for each other, for my, my brothers and sisters and mom and dad, we make Christmas presents. But uh, that means the life-size Jenga that we made one year, yeah, that was Alan. The life-size Yahtzee dies, yeah, you guessed it, that was Alan. In fact, it got to the point where we had to say, Merry Christmas from Dan, Mary, and Alan. He just gave and gave. Uh, this, I think, is highlighted in a very special way from a service we did in June 2019. I've just been noticing God was really doing something amazing in Alan 2019. Just There was something about Alan. I, and I, so I went to him. I said, Alan, I, I want to give you a chance to say whatever you want to say about what God is doing in your life. Anything. Just blank slate. Whatever you want to say. And instead of talking about himself, he takes the time to appreciate and honor a man in our church. And again, this is just such a beautiful example of Alan. Let's go ahead and watch this together. Um, Alan Kuykendall, would you come to the stage? Good drumming today. <laughs> Wasn't worship great this morning? Amen. I love the sitting there and just listening to the words that, uh, that we sing. Just really uh, touches my heart, my soul. I want to give kind of a plug to a class I've been taking, the next level, Kent Ross's class, the history of Israel. He's an amazing teacher. The class is just unbelievable how we get to interact with each other. 
how we get to share, how we look at things, how we believe, and it's just really helped me. It's helped me get back into the Word and just be saturated with God's love. I just want to say thank you, Kent. It's great, and can't wait for the next class. So, thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. He could have said anything, anything, and yet he used that time to honor his friend. Alan is an amazing, amazing man. As we get ready to close this service, let's just be honest. Even as I was watching that again, I'm reminded at the power of what Jesus can do in a person's life. Jesus changes everything. Jesus helped Alan. And yes, I get it. He wasn't perfect. But through the years, Alan, he grew in his love. Alan was always growing. He was growing in his grace, his ability to show kindness, his willingness to be patient, right? Alan was more forgiving, more loving, more generous, more giving as the years went by. And that's what Jesus and only what Jesus can do. I want to encourage you, please don't leave here considering what Jesus has done in Alan's life. In the midst of the mess of life. Not in the absence, but right in the middle of all the struggles and the hardships. Jesus was there through it all. Jesus loved Alan. He believed in Alan. He was for Alan. He was standing in Alan's corner and he was helping him every step of the way. Alan, he had life. Abundant, true life in Jesus. And and I'm going to miss Alan. You're going to miss Alan. But can we please remember... That the life that Jesus gave Alan, it continues right now, right here. See, in the Bible, as followers of Jesus, those who profess Jesus as Lord and Savior, we have this hope, and it's the hope of resurrection, that one day you and I were going to rise again. But before that day, we know that the Apostle Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. Even Jesus, when he's on the cross, he looks to the thief and he says, Today you will be with me in paradise. And that's where Alan is right now. Today, he's with Jesus. And take comfort in that. Even in the midst of all the emotions, the sorrow, the grief, the the loss, you can hold on to that. You can take that one to the bank right now. Alan is alive with Jesus. The Bible's so clear. Whoever has the Son, whoever has Jesus, has life. And sin tried its best, right, to to defeat him, to destroy him, to separate Alan from his maker. And yet Jesus brought Alan victory over sin. Jesus forgave Alan. He didn't just forgive him of a couple of sins or just like a compartment of sins. He forgave Alan of all of his sins. He brought him back into right standing with his maker, a perfect relationship with God. And that relationship continues even now. You know, as Debbie and I talked about this service, you just need to hear this. One, she loves you so much. She is passionate about you. But two, she was committed to this. Out of her love for you, she wants every one of you to have the same hope of resurrection, but also to receive that same eternal life, that same beautiful, perfect relationship that Alan has with his maker. See, it doesn't matter how you've lived up to this point. God is not afraid of your mess. If he was afraid of our mess, I would just be in a serious, deep, yeah, I'd be in trouble. He's not afraid of your mess. Get over it. Life is hard. It's messy. No one's done it perfect. No one except for Jesus. In fact, some of you just need to take a deep breath. 
God is not here to condemn you. He's here to save you. He loves you. But in the midst of the mess, and yeah, it's a hard season in many ways, but would you be brave today? Would you be courageous today and take a step forward to God to soften your heart and soften your ears to His voice? Listen for His voice. Let Him speak again over you for the first time or for the thousandth time, but just let Him wash over you with His love, His grace, His forgiveness, and His life. Let Him save you. Let Jesus, the lover of your soul, give you eternal life that's found in Him. All you have to do is just turn away from living for yourself and instead turn to living for God. Put your faith in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Not like you believe that the sky is blue or that this carpet is an interesting green. Not like like that, but just to truly believe that Jesus is who he said that he is. Believe in him as the perfect son of man, the perfect son of God who takes away the sins of the world. Believe that he is is the one who brings beauty for ashes. That He is the one who takes all our mess, our shame, and turns it into glory. That He is even the one who takes graves and turns them into gardens. Believe in Him, and you will receive everlasting, eternal life. The same life that Alan, right now, is living with the Lord. As I close and as I invite the worship team back up, I I know that Alan and Debbie would want this for every person here. They love you. They love you. But as great as their love for you is, God's love for you is even greater. I want you to hear this as we sing this last song. That God so loved you and me and Alan and Debbie. He loved us so much that he gave his only son to die for us. That whoever would believe in Him, whoever would put their faith in His death and His resurrection, that we would not have to perish in our sins. We would not have to be eternally separated from God. But instead, in Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven. We can be set free. We can be made brand new. We can be given joy, even with tears on our eyes. And we can receive true, abundant, eternal life in Him. Praise God for what God has done in Alan's life. Praise the Lord for what God has done in Alan's life. But also praise God for what He wants to do in each of yours as well. Would you bow your heads and let's pray together. Lord, watching... That slideshow brings up so, emo- so many emotions for me. But even in the sorrow, there was just this fire that began to just burn within my belly that says, Alan is alive. Lord, there's a joy that you placed in Alan that no one and nothing, not even death itself, can take away from him. We thank you, Lord. Scripture is so clear that nothing and no one can separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. So we celebrate that today for Alan. But Lord, I also just want to honor his life and honor Debbie in this moment. That anyone here 
that knows they need that life. Lord, would you speak right now? Would you speak to them? Not a condemning word, not a shaming word, but a word of love, of passion that says, I made you. You're mine. I want you back. I want to live for you, with you forever. I sent my son to die that I might commune with you forever. May they hear the passion of the Father right now that says, Son and daughter, I am for you, not against you. Walk into the eternal life that I have for you. Lord, even as I'm praying, may many people in this room just begin to say yes to you, Jesus. Begin to say yes to you, Lord. You did the hard work. You did the heavy lifting. God, this is about you and your glory. We just have to say yes to what you've already done on that cross. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We have the hope of resurrection. We have the hope of seeing our brother, our father, our grandfather, our friend again. And it's all because of you. And it's in your wonderful and glorious name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Would you stand with us? And we're going to sing this song together. I search the world It couldn't fill me Oh, a man's empty praise the Treasures that fade Are never enough And you came along And you put me back together
friend of mine. How about you? Yeah. This is a day to celebrate. He's with the Lord. Amen. and I were like twins separated at birth. We're kind of the same generation. So we really don't have any filter. We don't have any, we're not politically correct. And there's people nodding their head. But we love Jesus. Alan loved Jesus with all his heart. And his grandbabies and all his kids and whatnot. You didn't see it. There were some grandkids over here just crying their eyes out when they're looking at the video. And so are we. So are we. There's pictures up there, Alan, for day. Kaikendal, January 13th, 1954, June 11th, 2021. Amazing life. 67 years. Wonderful life is capsulized by the little dash. If you notice the little dash, that was his whole life on earth. A little tiny, it's gone. You have a starting point, you have an ending point, and someday there's going to be a service, and someone's going to try to say a bunch of nice words about you, but you're going to have a dash. My question for you where's Jesus in the dash? Is Jesus part of your dash? It was a huge part. It was the biggest part of Ion's life was that dash. Is Jesus in your dash? His last breath here was his next breath was in heaven. So there's another picture here of a younger Alan coming up. This is young Alan doing a man hug with Jesus the moment that he stepped into heaven. Are you going to have that hug with Jesus like that when it's your time? If not, it's just a good day to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be real. That's what Alan would say. Let Jesus come to your heart. Don't be holding back. Don't be standing just saying, no, that's for somebody else. No, that's for you. The love of Jesus is for you. I love that picture. So look at that picture and imagine that Alan is reading this poem from his point of view. says, I'm free. Don't grieve for me. Now I'm free. I'm following the path that God laid for me. He's taken my hand. I heard his call. I turned my back and I've left it all. I cannot stay another day to laugh, to love, to work, or play. Past left undone must stay that way. Hmm. I found peace at the close of the day. My parting is left a void, then fill it with remembered joy. A friendship shared, a laugh, a kiss, these things too I will miss. 
I wish you all the sunshine of tomorrow. My life's been full. I've savored much. Good friends, good times. A loved one's touch. Perhaps my time seemed all too brief. Don't lengthen it with undue grief. Lift up your heart and share with me. God wanted me now, and he has set me free. And now I am really free. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the life of Alan Kuykendall, 67 years on this planet. He wasn't perfect, and none of us are perfect. But Lord, you loved him so much, and one time, somewhere in the past, you came down and became real to him and changed him from what he was to what he became and what he became in you. And you changed his life and made him a new creature in you. And Lord, you can do that for us too. So Lord, I pray for Debbie days and weeks and months to come for all of the family as they go through this transition of not having Alan close by. But he is close by. He's in your heart. He's in heaven. And he's waiting for all of us to join him. Somebody's got to play the drums and somebody's got to sing in the choir. Need some help. So Lord, bless all these wonderful, wonderful people. Bless them. Encourage them lift them up. Jesus, be real to them. Jesus, be real to them. If they do not know you, before their head hits a pillow tonight, they finally give up and say, Lord Jesus, if you are real, come into my heart right now, and you will. And you will. So we thank you, Lord. What a wonderful day to celebrate life. What a wonderful day to celebrate Alan Kuykendall. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you all. There's a reception that's set up. We have a nice outdoor tent with tables and chairs. So take your time. Grab some food over there. Hang out with each other. And God bless you. You are loved. You are loved big time. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen.